Chapter Twenty Five of David Ransom's Watch by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Five: Social Problems. The face of the Reverend Harlan Kingsbury was not in its usual calm. There was a little pucker between the eyes, an inheritance from some perplexed ancestor that never made itself visible except when a knotty problem was before him. He had been down home, which was the way in which he always referred to Miss Hannah's place in the country, for overnight, and Jonas had just left him at the station to wait for the express that would take him back to town. Truth to tell, he had come to the country the night before with the intention of making a longer stay than this, having planned to give Aunt Hannah an entire weekday and part of another, a luxury which she had not enjoyed for some time seminary work was now quite over his plans for the coming season were arranged and while he lingered for commencement week and the various reunions and festivities connected with his class in college he could well afford to indulge his aunt in an extra amount of his company he had planned carefully to give her as much of his time as possible sacrificing a little to do so for instance there was a certain function set for that afternoon which was chiefly interesting to him because the girl who nearly always dressed in white and was the best singer in college would be a central feature of the occasion but he confessed strictly to himself that she was that to him of all occasions and he must sacrifice something it came to pass however that at the farm he had fallen in with a problem so bewildering that it had sent him back to town to study out in solitude just what could be done about it. The painful truth is, that for so strong a mind as Harlan Kingsbury undoubtedly possessed, it was a very weak problem indeed. But there are times and occasions, it seems, when even strong minds exhibit weaknesses, and the plain truth shall be spoken." it did not detract from the wrinkles on his troubled forehead to realize that he had brought his problem upon himself it had been done in the most innocent of ways he had been helping certain of his friends to send out the invitations for commencement week and had pleased himself by writing aunt hannah's name with many flourishes on one of the great square envelopes miss hannah Stearns. he had smiled to himself to think how well he knew her how she would affect the most perfect indifference to invitations in general, and that one in particular, yet in her secret soul would be pleased with the attention, and lay the cards away among her treasures. But he had not yet fathomed the depths of Miss Hannah's nature. Behold, she had announced to him but the evening before that she was going to commencement. "'I've got my invitation.' she said, glancing complacently at the card in her work-basket, and I've made up my mind to go. I don't suppose you had the least idea that I would when you sent it, but if you didn't, you've got your punishment, you see, for I shall be there. It is a long time since I've been to any public doings, in town or anywhere else for that matter, but I have my reasons for wanting to see this thing through, and I've decided to do it to say that harlan kingsbury was dismayed is to put it mildly for the moment he was struck dumb no words of which he could think being equal to the situation 
aunt hannah at commencement she had never been five miles away from home since he had known her save on strictly business errands and to go to a social function of any sort had seemed to him as impossible for her as it would have been for one of the stone pillars at the great gate as for conceiving of her presence in the great assembly hall among the throngs of well-dressed women who honored the college functions with their presence he felt that the wildest flights of his imagination had not been equal to it aunt hannah in her straight black dress without gore or train or flounce or pucker beyond what was absolutely necessary in her strong wide calfskin boots the narrow skirts just reaching to their tops in her little knot of gray hair twisted on the back of her head at just the right height to spoil its shape and thrust through with a hairpin or two in her round old-fashioned waist too low and at the same time too high in the neck to simulate either of the styles in vogue though all that the young minister knew about it was that it was queer somehow quite unlike others there had been discussions before this day with regard to the matter of dress when harlan was younger and with less knowledge of human nature than he believed he now possessed he had made certain attempts to modernize his aunt's ideas and had met with failure you stick to your books she had said in tones more grim than were often used for him and let my ways alone i dress you according to your notions and the notions of others that is because i don't think you've got mind enough to go against the crowd you are pretty smart i know as smart as they make them nowadays perhaps but you haven't grit enough for that i have and i don't intend to take to any of their fool ways i've got a kind of dress that suits me and that i'm used to and i shall stick to it as long as i live and when i'm gone where i can't attend to it see that you do it for me a plain black alpaca without fuss or furbelows remember when i lie in my coffin long before this time harlan had given up talking about a matter which had never troubled him much everybody in her world knew and respected his aunt hannah without the slightest regard to what she wore and she rarely went outside of her world still he was well aware that if she were at any time set down in a modern parlor surrounded by women dressed in the trains and trimmings of to-day she would undoubtedly create a sensation the very collar which she wore on her too low-necked dress a plain wide round linen such as middle-aged women wore when she was twenty would be startling to eyes unused the young minister tried to fancy her in the assembly hall with the strange-shaped bonnet that had been her best as far back as he could remember her and tried to think whether she would look most conspicuous with or without a bonnet and groaned in spirit over the thought of either appearance yet he had no hope of effecting any changes if she had been set in her ways as miranda had accused her when he was a boy she had not grown less so with the added years whatever she realized would directly affect the interests of her boy she was willing to sacrifice for but he had no hope of being able to make her understand what it would be to him to introduce her to the fashionable world at least not without hurting her feelings 
and he told himself sternly that not for all the hopes and dreams he had connected with this very commencement season would he make any move or say any word that could hurt her putting away therefore the hope of effecting any change in her plans he set himself to discovering whether or not she had modified her own views of late aunt hannah what are you going to wear to commencement this was the question that he finally asked having studied over it for half an hour to try to make it sound unstudied she had sewed steadily for several seconds before she vouchsafed any answer whatever then she had spoken in her grimmest tone i commonly wear clothes at home and i presume i shall when i go to town he could not resist a laugh at his own expense but he tried again so do the women in town i assure you stunning ones our commencement week is quite the fashion the elegantly dressed ladies will be out in full force with very much decorated costumes and long trains aren't you afraid you will feel a bit uncomfortable with a dress as short as you generally wear yours i don't know why i should i am sure according to your story i shall be the only comfortable person there at least i shall not have a yard or two of superfluous cloth tagging after me for other people to step on i shouldn't wonder if i might add to the comfort of some of them by giving them one sensible woman to look at and they wear gloves said her nephew desperately not because he felt that it would be of any use to discuss the subject but because having started it one must say something and he did not see his way out white gloves are worn in the evening aunt hannah long-wristed ones he began to feel a wicked desire to point the contrast between her appearance and that of the fashionable world there was absolute composure in her response gloves well i always wear white cotton gloves when i'm working in the garden because they wash easier than colored ones do and they've got pretty long wrists too i made them out of stocking legs but i never felt any call to wear them to town the case was hopeless he told himself gloomily that he had known it from the first instead of spending that entire next day in the country as he planned giving himself generously to his aunt hannah's pleasure he was as has been said taking a train back to town in order to think over his problem in solitude and reach some decision if possible as to his line of action which is why he was pacing the platform of the little station gloomy-faced and with those unbecoming wrinkles on his forehead when the train finally slowed up for him he stalked gloomily into a car dropped himself into the first vacant seat drew down a shade almost savagely with a feeling that the glow of sunshine did not harmonize with his mood drew his soft hat well over his eyes and fixing himself as if for a nap gave free rein to his imagination and created a scene for his further discomfort he put the main reception room of the college in festive array lighting it brilliantly and arranging with cruel insistence a charming background of color to meet and help set off to advantage the costumes that he presently allowed to come flowing in as he gathered the very cream of the social world to honor the occasion 
nor did he forget to make the girl graduates conspicuous among the throngs not alone because of their class colors but because he well knew that every white-robed maiden among them would be arrayed in a gown befitting the rare occasion he saw them all as a bewildering whole but promptly his keen eyes singled out from among the groups one so beautiful so graceful so superior in every way to all the others that every eye must needs be watching her for himself he knew poor fellow that he should have eyes only for her yes for her and one other he saw himself bringing forward to be presented to this radiant creature a strong-minded elderly woman in a very short queer black dress and very thick strong boots whom he must acknowledge as my aunt hannah could he do it put away all thoughts of self give up all the dim delicious hopes that he had dared at times to indulge in connection with that vision of grace and beauty and boldly acknowledge his plebeian origin his humble connections thus confessing and emphasizing his utter unfitness for associating with the jewel whose very setting was royal following out this train of thought he jammed his hat still more over his face and told himself angrily that the painful experience would serve him right for imagining even for a moment that a girl of such exquisite grace such unusual culture such manifest environment as must have been hers all her life could ever think of him with other thoughts than pity for his narrower sphere while he thought about it however he went to the depths of self-humiliation he allowed himself to be presented to the fair and gracious woman who had the honor of calling that lovely vision daughter a woman who wore her robes as indeed her daughter did like a queen and who showed in the very poise of her body the superiority of her birth and surroundings nay he even watched her dignified father a prince among men looking down with fond fatherly eyes on his royal daughter and feeling that she did him credit and then he made himself bring aunt hannah to be introduced to these magnificent personages aunt hannah who he was sure would not shrink from meeting royalty itself and would feel herself in every sense its equal and she is groaned this much beset young man she is a royal soul no one believes it more thoroughly than i i would despise the woman who laughed at her and knock down the man who dared to sneer even though he were her father provided they could meet under reasonable conditions but in that reception-room with hundreds of fashionable women some of them merely creatures of fashion and with hundreds of gay college boys to stare and comment and laugh oh even for aunt hannah's own sake how was it to be endured back of every other thought moaning itself through his inner consciousness like a dismal refrain was all the time the question what would she that one for whom all feminine pronouns were made think of it all what could she think save that he had presumed on her kindness and sought a friendship quite above his own sphere this thoroughly american young man was sane on all other subjects but the one connected with one rare bit of flesh and blood he talked no nonsense about spheres 
and necessary environment according with the most democratic among them that in this land at least a man's fear was what he made it and that environment created no lasting necessities for him but before one lovely bit of clay all theories having to do with common sense seemed to have lapsed she he told himself might even believe that he wanted to secure her friendship simply on account of her social position that he might through her climb the thought was gall and wormwood as though i should care he told himself with delicious disregard of the slight that his logic cast upon her if her father were a day laborer and her mother a washerwoman so that she was what she is then he tried to put aside visions and gave himself to the business of determining his course of action might it not be just possible that after the public exercises of commencement day were concluded he could smuggle aunt hannah away or would she insist upon honoring that fatal invitation of his to the evening reception for one despicable moment the young man considered the possibility of failing to meet the train and allowing aunt hannah to lose herself in the bewilderments of the public functions without ever discovering him or having herself discovered as connected with him but this he was glad afterwards to remember he put away at once with a sneer for the passing thought and an assurance that nothing should ever tempt him to such meanness it was just then that he became aware of other occupants of the car and of a remarkable conversation that was being carried on just in front of him it had been in progress for some time but the young man's troubled preoccupied mind had taken no notice of it until a word a name indeed suddenly arrested his attention End of chapter twenty five